Welcome to Critical Issues Commentary, the podcast ministry of Gospel of Grace Fellowship, a non-denominational Christian church in St. Louis Park, Minnesota. This is Jessica Kramis, your host for today, and I'm speaking with Bob DeWay, Gospel of Grace's teacher and theologian and author of Critical Issues Commentary. Now, last week we were discussing Colossians 1.24 and Dutch Sheets claim that we need to fill up what is lacking in Christ or in Christ's afflictions. And we made it clear that what we do is preach the gospel. And the result of that is the sufferings. Now, we're going to continue on that topic today because Dutch Sheets himself says that this is the key point of the book. And what he says is, that which is lacking is really the point of this entire book, not just this chapter. It's the representing of which we have spoken. It's the mediating, the going between, the distributing, the enforcing. It's our part. So to me, that's a really shocking claim because it's literally putting us in the place of Christ. And that's what he means by representing to present again. How how would you even respond to that? And I know there's a lot of theological ideas there, but just in general, how do we respond to this shocking claim? I'll say, first of all, he ignores the Great Commission as laid out in Luke Acts. Yes. About repentance for forgiveness of sins. Right. Okay, and Jesus Christ ascended to heaven, and he does say Psalm 110, verse 1, what we do we do is proclaim exactly the terms of forgiveness and entrance into the eternal kingdom. Yes. And as far as Christian living, that's laid out in the Bible. I think really the false assumption is that all people that are associated with whatever churches or groups or movements they may traffic in, as far as where he goes, they're all Christians. So that anything that goes wrong shows that somehow Satan got a stronghold and we better do something about it. Yes. And that is going to come up. Uh, we'll discuss that a little later in this episode. But so he says it's the mediating, the going between the distributing and the enforcing that is our part. We say it's the preaching of the gospel that is our part. Yeah, several problems. This terminology, why choose Colossians one twenty four, which is a difficult passage, and then add his own terminology? Where is this re hyphen presenting? mentioned in the Bible. It's not. So he made up a word grounded in the fact that there's a difficult biblical word that I believe we can deal with because we're living in church history. So there's suffering for those who confess Christ. That's clear enough. But um, going in between, going in between in what sense? How do we go right. in between? And he makes it clear in this chapter that part of what he's saying we are going in between is we are going in between 
people and the powers of darkness. He puts us dealing directly with Satan. Okay. So then given some of the stories we've already seen in the book, and we haven't covered all of those. Yeah. But there's a problem and then you get a revelation and you might get it wrong and you work with it and eventually you get your answer, which is something happens that you wanted to happen. Okay. However, the going in between is Jesus Christ dying for sins once for all, the just for the unjust, in order to bring us to God. Now, let's take some of these circumstances. Okay. Okay. If we're going to go to Colossians 1, which we did last week, because he's misrepresenting it, and we rescued believers from the domain of darkness. So now we're okay. directly under Christ. We have access to the throne of grace. And we take our needs to him. And whatever suffering we still have is part of living as Christians in a fallen world. Right. Okay. I had jotted down for our episode last week just one cross-reference that we never quite got to, but I think it applies right here. And so we've been talking about what Paula says. Well, Peter says the same thing. Dear friends, so this is First Peter 4, 12 and 13. Dear friends, don't be surprised when the fiery ordeal comes among you to test you as if something unusual were happening to you. Instead, rejoice as you share in the sufferings of the Messiah so that you may also rejoice with great joy at the revelation of his glory. We're going to have sufferings. We're going to have trials. God will sustain us through them, but they happen because we are believers in a fallen world and because we are preaching the gospel to a hostile world, we're not adding to what Christ has done. Right. It, it, it's quite a different concept than what we're seeing in this book. Yeah, that is, that's a very good reference. It shows that the real apostles saw this totally different. Yes. The resolution comes ultimately when Christ returns defeat and defeats all his enemies. Right. And that's so that's what Peter says, so that you may also rejoice with great joy at the revelation of his glory. Yes. And so if we compared that to these stories in this book and many others like it, it's a totally different idea. Yes. The fact is that. If you are a believer and you transfer it out of the domain of darkness, you don't need to go on some process of gaining revelations so you know which spirit to bind. Right. You're not under the domain of darkness. You're in the world, not of it. Yes, we're afflicted and we suffer and various things happen. It's part of providence. And it's part about, as you just said, that's a good cross-reference in Peter. So... Dear ones, this will harm you. If you're a Christian and you think that you did something wrong because you're suffering and you have to go to a seminar where somebody gets a revelation uh, about how to bind Satan or what spirits over what person or what territory, what that shows is you do not have a biblical worldview. Yes. And we're focused so much on resolving problems in this life that we don't even think that eternal glory should even enter in. 
Wow. And, you know, that really should be our focus. That's what we're called to do. We need to think about the implications of the gospel. We need to preach the gospel. And we're waiting for that revelation of his glory, but that's yet future. We're not commanded to go into the spirit world to find unrevealed revelation that's not from, may or may not be from God. To be honest, we can't know. But we don't need new revelations and we don't need to manipulate the spirit world. We need to stand firm in who we are and what we have in Christ. And we need to proclaim the message of the gospel. That's exactly right. And as uh, I've been teaching through Acts in Sunday school, I'm about to enter in a week from Sunday in the section where a big riot happens because they sold their books and they thought that the gospel was a threat to the businessmen who were making shrines for Artemis of the Ephesians. Right. The great temple of Artemis. So what did they do? They just kept preaching Christ. They didn't they didn't say, well, why don't we bind the spirit of Artemis over Ephesus? Right. See, the processes that are taught by these warfare worldview dominionist teachers are not biblical. Right. We're not taking dominion over the world of the spirits. That's not, we don't even have license to go there. Yes. Okay. And you can see that in various passages I've written about that. And so we're not, in. what are we enforcing? Right. And we on whom? Yes. What are we enforcing? We are going between, he says, distributing, enforcing, the enforcing, the mediating, going between, distributing, enforcing. What are we enforcing? Right. So according to him, we're enforcing Christ's victory, which is interesting because also according to him, Christ's victory wasn't quite complete. It's lacking our part. Well, what's not complete is the ultimate resurrection and judgment at the end. Yes. Mm-hmm. Again, it's a complex event, just like the first advent. Okay, so I'm not saying I'm not an amillennialist. I don't believe there's just one thing. Christ comes and that's the end. Okay. There will be a tribulation period. We're not there. The millennium will happen, but there will be an enforcing, but Christ doesn't. Yes. Are we the enforcers of the kingdom of God now? No, but we sure should be the proclaimers of it. Now, was there a period in church history where people thought they were the enforcers? Absolutely. And what it led to was the Crusades. Right. It actually... Slaughtering people in the name of Christ? Right. I, he's not, I'm not saying... He's advocating that, but I'm saying that once you get your categories wrong, I don't know what we're enforcing. Yes. Now, I had written down a quote of yours yesterday that I think is really significant. And if we keep these two categories in our mind, it's going to keep us from a lot of error. And what you said was, it's not what we do. It's what we participate in as we are faithful to the calling of God. 
we can look at so many things and it gets boiled down to what we do or what we need to do, the steps for this, the enforcing that, the binding the demons, whatever it is, if there's this process that we need to do that isn't repent and believe the gospel, we're going off into error. But what we participate in is the preaching of the gospel. And that's what God uses to save people. Right. And once rescued from the domain of darkness, I'm not so naive as to think Christians who do trust Christ and are under the means of grace, which is the preaching of the word of God and the ordinances that are given to us, that are some things that all believers have access to. And as we pray for one another and care for one another, that's true. But for people that are starting these new movements, new reformations, they see that as pitiful. Yeah. They see it as an excuse to not do what we ought to be doing. Okay. Now, this is just one version. Yes. Because of the C. Peter Wagner reference, his version, as far as I can tell, is New Apostolic Reformation. Right. How many reformations have we had that came to nothing? There's there's quite a few. I remember in one of your messages years ago, I think you had counted five that were going on right at that time. Yeah, there were well, there some of our listeners may be too young to remember, but Robert Schuler proposed a reformation based on self-esteem. Yeah. Well, that kind of fizzled out. And okay. There's an apostolic Reformation. And then Rick Warren was going to have a purpose-driven version of a Reformation. Yeah. Take O's, agree to a process, three-legged stool, peace plan, shape, study self, analyze self, and we're going to start solving problems. Three-legged stool business, uh, government, church. Of course, the church defined not as those redeemed and transferred out of the kingdom of darkness. And so on and on it goes. Here's the okay. problem. The one reformation that got us away from that sort of thing was based on the five solos. Right. Okay. Now, let's review that just for listeners who might be new or aren't familiar with the five solas. Okay. The five solas, I wrote about that in issue 93 of Critical Issues Commentary. Okay. It starts with scripture alone. Yes. Because if we have authoritative teaching beyond scripture, then we don't know what to go back to. Right. Or getting the scripture translated into the common vernacular of people that causes cause the reaction of Rome that was fatal for many people who were tortured for wanting people to be able to read the Bible. Okay. Okay. So scripture alone. Okay. Christ yeah. alone. And that's a problem for Dutch sheets. Okay. Because it's Christ plus our part. Right. Okay. And he's, we I mean, we're not putting words in his mouth here. That's what he says. Our part, there's a heading in it, really what the book's about. No, yeah. Christ alone. Well, what is our part? Well, it's to believe. Okay, let's right. continue. Scripture alone, 
Christ alone, grace alone, faith alone, to the glory of God alone. Yes. Now, absolutely. That's bedrock, and I believe it can, every one of those points can be defended by Scripture alone. Okay. So, if the defeat of Satan on earth to bring about whatever it is they have in mind here is us doing our part plus Christ, how is that to the glory of God alone? It's not. And I think that's the part of why this just seems so shocking to me because it is so dishonoring to God. Yes, absolutely. It dishonors God. So he goes on and says, let's look then at our part, this page 77, in this bearing aspect of Christ's work of intercession. Okay. You know, doing this series um, inspired me to take a little break from a few weeks ago from going through 1 Corinthians and go back and do the ending of Romans 8. Yes. Because we're told that the Holy Spirit intercedes for us. Right. Christ intercedes for us. That nothing can separate us from the love of God. So I don't, I'm searching through that passage. Where's our part other than believing and trusting and not being apostates? Yep. I have, an, I have a note that I jotted down as we were talking yesterday, and you said, our job is to proclaim what he's done, not add to it. Right. So we don't add to it. So if you think that, well, Robert Schiller's self-esteem or the New Apostolic Reformation or Rick Warren's purpose-driven reformation or Aenea Graham or emergent panentheism, God is already bringing us all to some sort of a glorious future. Progressivism is really what that is. If you believe okay. in all that stuff, well, our part shifts around constantly with the culture and the religious culture. Yes. Okay. The gospel is about what God did for us, believed. Right. So we believe the promises of God. And if we, and people have told me this over the years, well, if that's the case, then that means I may still have these troubles. Yeah, that's true. I've literally had people say, I think I have a generational curse caused by something. And I've been to many these counselors, but a lot of them charge a lot of money. And they couldn't figure out what the curse was, what demon. And I said, well, believe the promises of God and trust him. You don't need secret information. Right. Well... I think I'll go try this other guy over here. Yeah. This is clear enough. Paul, who's being cited here by Dutch Sheets in that one verse that he really likes, Colossians 1.24, us doing our part, okay. misinterpreted. Well, he had a serious problem. And he besought the Lord, I think the King James here, 2 Corinthians okay. 12, that it be removed. It was a, Angelos, an angel of Satan, messenger or 
thorn in the flesh, whatever. We don't know exactly what it was. And what did the Lord remind Paul of? He has said to me, my grace is sufficient for you. And what's perfecting Paul? Weakness. Yes. So therefore he rejoices in his weaknesses. Now, it must have been serious. He went three times in prayer, and then he was content with his weaknesses. Because people aren't content with their weaknesses, or they're being told by the preachers, if you've got serious problems, you're a failure. And until you get those problems straightened out by these processes we're telling, whether it's family problems or financial problems or sickness, whatever it is, then you're you're just an inadequate Christian. Right. I have been we're talking about Paul in Romans 8. I have this in front of me here. In Romans 8, 18, Paul says, For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory that is to be revealed to us. Amen. Yes. And some theologians have rightly pointed out that, for example, in Corinth, the problem is over-realized eschatology. All right, let's define that. We think that we can have now what won't happen, excuse me, what, what will not happen until later, till after the return of Christ and the glory. Yes. For example, the glory that is to be revealed to yeah, us. Yeah, what's future? Right. We don't have time for that because we are supposed to enforce and bring the future here now. Yes. So the delay is us failing to do our part, not us failing to persevere in, in the truth of the gospel because the time is in God's hand. And this is, you know, what he's saying, it's just so contrary to a consistent teaching through scripture. I, I also have in 2 Corinthians uh, 1, 5 through 7, just as the sufferings of Christ are ours in abundance, so also our comfort is abundant through Christ. But if we are afflicted, it is for your comfort and salvation. Or if we are comforted, it is for your comfort, which is effective in the patient enduring of the same sufferings which we also suffer. And our hope for you is firmly grounded, knowing that as you are sharers of our sufferings, so also you are sharers of our comfort. There's right. nothing in here about trying to escape these sufferings or finding out what generational curse is causing them or what demon needs to be bound. Yes, and so that's a good cross-reference. When Paul talks about burying in his body, is caring about the suffering. He's talking about what's, as an apostle, the intense uh, opposition that he went through. Right. Okay? And this is for comfort. It's not for lack of some secret information. Right. Now, and in, if we are faithful and we are proclaiming the gospel, we will suffer. And and honestly, every unbelievers have sufferings in the, in this life too. We're not. There's at no point are we free from that. Yes, and the gospel isn't here to give people their best life now. Right. It's Sorry, to, Joel Osteen. Forgi the forgiveness of sins. Um, yes. As we've got just a little bit of time, I've been looking on page 78 here of 
uh, Dutch sheets okay. book that we're talking about. This is yeah. the heading, our part. Okay. So he gives some lip service to what Christ did, but then goes back to his theme. He says yes. here, please remember, however, we're not literally redoing what Christ did. We're representing what he did. I would say he's reinterpreting what Christ did so that he can remove the five solas. Yes. Christ plus us. Yep. The uniqueness of Christ may be in there somewhere, but it's so weak. Yeah. And here's what he said just before that. He takes the concordance to lift or carry and then interprets lifting, bear one another's burdens. And here's how he interprets that. In implementing Christ's priestly ministry of intercession, we're not simply to carry burdens for others, we're to carry them away from others, just as Christ did. So once again, he's diminishing the uniqueness of Christ. Right. That is not uh, compatible with the authority of Scripture and the priesthood of every believer and Jesus as the one high priest. The priesthood yes. of every believer means every one of us has access to the throne of grace. We don't need right. some high church authority determining if and when we can go to God. Okay. All right. So mm -hmm. it's, it's just sad. This is sad. How many people have I met who were under this and as they get older start to despair right what happened why why is it like this why did this happen why why am i uh unable to solve the problems why is it like this and when you sit under bad teaching for decades you never get a good outcome no it's not the job of the preacher to browbeat. No, I'm not saying he said, presents it like that. But in the end, you're thinking, well, why don't I get these revelations? Why doesn't it yes. work out like that when I bind Satan? Why doesn't the Holy Spirit tell me that there's some certain spirit of infirmity and I need to rebuke it and do this or that? Why, doesn't, why do these traveling preachers get all the revelations and everything works out according to their story, and all these miracles happen. And my life is rather pathetic, frankly. Right. I've heard people say that. Mm -hmm. And recently someone said, I've, everything, I, I've lost everything to, to these movements I got a part of. And, and what do I do? Right. And um, the Lord doesn't tell us we need somebody to do a part and the verse that I've been thinking about lately is where the Lord says, call on me in the day of trouble and I will answer you and you will honor me. Yes. That's, that's, we should have opened with that. <laughs> that is so important. And God always gets the glory. That's the fifth soul of the glory of God alone. Yes. And you know, if you, if this is kind of a new concept to you, 
it is really worth your time to go on the CIC website and search for issue 93 and just read through that because it is so essential to having a biblical worldview. Yes, and frankly, the comeback I get as I point these things out, oh, you're a Calvinist. <laughs> right. Um, if that is your way of avoiding Christ alone, Scripture alone, mm -hmm. uh, grace alone, faith alone, glory of God alone, and that doesn't inspire you, uh, and you say, well, I guess that's all right. We're not suggesting you have to join some group found in church history. We're suggesting you have to go back to Scripture. Yes. And when it says, call on me, he intercedes for us. And we think, well, it won't work unless we add our part. I don't know where you got that, but it's not biblical. Right. And if we preach what's biblical and cite scholars that, some people don't like because they're offended that someone claiming certain categories in the past was in error. Well, I can understand that, but search the scriptures. So we're doing that, and we're looking at one Colossians chapter 1 in context, verse 24, and I don't see some reason to throw out the five solas because it doesn't fit Dutch sheets categories. Right. And I can assure you that uh, Christ alone transcends any category of church history as taught in the Bible. Okay. Well, we are almost out of time. Do you just want to take a minute and give us kind of a wrap up of what we've talked about in these last two episodes? Yes. We have in the scripture a clear teaching about the gospel, the person of work of Christ, his calling, the repentance for forgiveness of sins, be proclaimed in his name to all the nations, okay? And that salvation is a work of grace. It's okay. not synergistic. It's not man adding some part to what God did until it finally happens. It's a work of God. God uses means. He uses the preaching of the gospel to save those who will believe. And we don't have to be uh, young and handsome and articulate and convincing and winsome and have lots of great stories that is neither here nor there. We have to be accurate about what God said. All right. In the terms, I would rather hear the truth of the gospel from someone who is not that interesting in their own selves, but it'll save those who believe because it is the gospel. Paul said, we don't preach ourselves. Right. Christ, trust in him, and he'll take care of you. And if you don't have the glory of God in eternity, then solving life problems now won't last very long because this life is really short. All right. Amen. We are out of time for this edition of Critical Issues Commentary Radio. You can access this episode and many others, as well as years worth of articles, at the website cicministry.org. 
While you're there, click on contact and send us a message. We'd love to hear from you. We want to encourage you all to stand firm in one spirit with one mind and strive together for the faith of the gospel. For Critical Issues Commentary, this is Jessica Kramis. And Bob DeWay. We'll see you next week.